0: Privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. message data rates may apply. Reply. Stop. Stop. out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level.
1: I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school.
0: Text Kid to 323232.
2: The following program deals with controversial subjects. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. one 877 is toll-free. Welcome back, Exxon Nation. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. If you'd like to give us a call, one is toll-free throughout the U.S. and Canada or email exxon at talkstarradio.com. This hour, our guest is Patrick uh, Cook. And uh, Patrick talks to us on a regular basis about the Bible UFO connection. Hey, Patrick, how are you tonight? Good morning, Rob. Good morning. How are you? Good, sir. Busy these days, are you?
1: Oh, definitely, as always. Very interesting program you have tonight. Well,
2: thank you. I try to keep them interesting every day.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> all right, so tell me, what's new with the UFO Bible Connection and the Oracle Research Institute?
1: Well, we continue our research into all kinds of areas. Um, I was just reviewing our notes on uh, Christmas Um as relation relating to your show, and uh, that's one of the areas that we cover in our doctrinal issue. But one of the fascinating things about about our work is that two of the most recognized close encounters in the Bible happen at the birth of Christ, and the um, one of the most prominent is the Star of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. and um, the. Um, the way that is described uh, is that a uh, a group of wise men... Now, the, uh, most people commonly think of it as three wise men. We don't have any idea how many there were. There were probably several more than three. uh had seen a star that had been predicted as being a sign of the king of the Jews. So they went to Judea uh, and... Uh, consulted with Herod the king about where this king of the Jews was to be born, and it greatly disturbed the, the chief priests and the scribes uh, and the, the the governorship. But what it says was um, Herod told those guys that uh, he wanted them to find out where this star was going and to report back to him. Mm-hmm. And he knew that there was a young child that was going to be born, and he was afraid that this child was going to be uh, was going to take over his position. And so, when they heard the king, when they heard his words, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. That's in Matthew two nine. And what is fascinating about that is this star. They have seen this star. Uh, we don't know exactly where they came from. Probably Egypt, uh, somewhere else in the Middle East. We're not exactly sure of their origin. And they uh, had seen this star, and they had followed it to this point. And then suddenly, apparently, the star came very close to them, and it actually led them, as as it says in the verse, uh, it went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So that's a fascinating, uh, a fascinating concept, that this star sure was actually is. moving ahead of them.
2: Christmas is truly a time of, for miracles. And I, I, you know, like when you look at the Christmas scenario, in olden days, uh, some of the great masters over the manger have what looks like a UFO shining down a beacon on the manger.
1: That's very common. We have uh, several of those on our website under ancient artwork. Um, that is a that is a common theme. Now, the way that we view UFOs in 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 our times, uh, in the uh, in the nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first century, uh, we have this this direct relationship to to aliens. But prior to that time, and in, and in the ancient times, they related any sightings like those in the sky as God's. And what we see happening in, um... in, um...
2: Patrick, hold on, I thought you yep. and I have to go to a commercial break. Uh, Patrick Cook is our special guest. www.bibleufo.com. When I come back, I have uh, an email from one of our listeners, Mary, who has a question for you, Patrick. And you and I will be back in two minutes as the episode continues right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away now. Be back in two. <laughs> Patrick Crook is our special guest. His uh, website is www.bibleufo.com. Patrick, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Before we went to the commercial break, uh, you and I were talking about uh, the ancient uh, masters having paintings uh, in the older paintings where they have what appears to be UFOs in the sky over the manger putting down beams of light.
1: Well, that's very common throughout... uh the history of art uh, especially religious art we see that uh, I don't know exactly how many we have mm-hmm. but we have a number of sightings specifically on that um, specific subject and tell a me, number of artworks on that
2: tell me Patrick uh, a lot of people these days are, are looking towards God as being an alien a visitor from another planet Uh, Where does this concept fit in with the Oracle Research Institute?
3: Well, we
1: believe that the the concept of aliens, as I stated earlier, uh, came in in the late 1800s. Prior to that, uh, there was no specific identification with another planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have uh, Orwell's uh, War of the Worlds and the discovery of canals on Mars, which... uh, Began the craze of what we now call the alien concept, uh, but prior to that, it wasn't considered to be specifically alien. And in the ancient times, they were they were generally considered as gods.
2: Um, there's, uh, you know, in today's society, there's a lot of people who. I don't know if they really do talk to God. I don't know if they think they talk to God or they're hearing voices in their heads that are coming from somewhere else. Um, how do we, in today's society, weed out the rational from the irrational?
1: Well, that's kind of hard to do. Uh, <laughs> some of the things that are found in the Bible can be considered as quite irrational. But... um we basically our entire concept is based is is based on scripture, and what you see there there's, there are a number of strange things that we see in society, uh, and there are a number of mystics, there are a number of prophets. Uh, there's also
2: a great number of charlatans.
0: That's tr- great news! For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line.
1: That's true. There are there are a number of people, it, it, and and that is of course dependent on how you feel about what the particular charlatan is saying. Uh, there are many uh, many uh, followers of the of uh, various gurus uh, around the planet, mm-hmm. and it, it seems to be getting uh, uh, a wider exposure now.
2: Uh, there's also a lot of false prophets, and one uh, I have in mind is the prophet Yahweh. You know, what happened to him? Nobody hears about him anymore.
1: Well, he basically decided to drop completely out of sight. Uh, he had at one time, uh, I believe, three discussion lists, and we're not sure whether Yahoo took him off. They suddenly disappeared. He knew they were, they were going to be cut off, but he suddenly disappeared. Now what he's got is a separate uh, website. Uh, you remember his old website where he was selling the, the UFO videos? Yes. Okay. He's got the same website up. He calls it a new website. It's the same thing, except now he's increased his price from 7.95 to 14.95 for viewing his videos. But there has nothing has happened on his UFO tour. Uh, I don't know exactly how many days, but it's been months since he since he started his UFO tour, and he has a program on Sundays where he's basically talking about. Uh, the black Israelite uh, concept.
2: Now, who actually that, gave him who actually gave him airtime?
1: Uh, he seems to be doing this on his own. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't seen him on. Uh, he hasn't announced any shows or anything to that effect. He's basically dropped out of sight. We're not sure he left Las Vegas. He seems to be in Los Angeles now, but he's got a private list that you can only join if you can prove to him that you are of. African American slave descent.
2: No, wait, wait so, a minute! Isn't that uh, isn't that a little uh,
1: unlawful? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know whether you can exclude. Uh, Yahoo doesn't seem to be. I, I, I certainly haven't complained about it, but it, yeah, it's yeah, certainly. I, uh, a uh, you can't you can't join it unless you can prove to him that that would seem to be exclusive. I know that Yahoo, uh, I have a friend, as a matter of fact, who her discussion of this was removed from Yahoo because she refused to allow men. <laughs> so the exactly. concept of, of uh, excluding everybody but uh, the black race. Uh, How does he
2: get away with what he gets away with?
1: Well, he's not really getting away with anything at this point. Uh, he's pretty much proved himself as a false prophet. Every prophecy that he made, of course, you followed that yourself for yeah. a long period of time, and you you hung in there a long time. I don't know, have you heard from him at all? He hasn't um, hasn't contacted you.
2: Well, actually, he called me a white a white racist, and he didn't want to be part of this show anymore.
1: That's kind of the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> pardon the pun.
2: I thought so, you know, and I said, all right, and like uh, I couldn't understand how he could say things against uh, the the uh, the. Uh, the jewish people he would he would you know if that was a white person saying these things he'd be up on charges and yet this guy was able to get away with it and nobody seemed to want to uh, hold him accountable for anything
1: well rod we don't uh, rob we don't know who's who's looking at him right now uh he may be under investigation i don't know we can only hope Uh, well i i hope somebody's going to nail him one of these days but uh, right now, his plan is supposedly he's going to have this UFO tour, but it's only going to be, he has 27 members on this list, and apparently those are the only people who are going to be informed of where he's going to go, and then supposedly he's going to post those sightings on his own, filming them on his own. He's not dealing with the media at all, so I don't see as there's going to be much credibility. If it's the same thing that we have seen in his previous UFO videos, I don't think we're going to see much, uh, uh, anything of any quality. Uh, the, you, you, you probably saw all those videos. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's probably what we're going to see, but we're not even seeing that. He's, uh, like I say, he's basically dropped out of sight. Uh, he, uh, we don't know whether he's, uh, he, he seems to be only, uh, active on the weekends, which leads to a very strange, where is he? Why is he restricted from, from posting anything except on the weekends? So, and and he sent out a couple of newsletters, but it's basically the newsletters from that site have been to tune into his broadcasts on Sunday. <laughs> so, well, there and it's you the go. same rhetoric that, that we've heard from him ever since he started this practice. But I'm we're still monitoring him. We're still keeping on top of what he's doing, and whenever we find anything new, but it's been pretty much a drop. There's no information coming out from him at all of any quality.
2: Um what who is your organization monitoring anyone else or No are...
1: no not at all the only time the only reason we went uh specifically for this is because the Prophet Yahweh had connected our website to his work Oh that's right yeah and uh we requested that that be ended and that he answer some questions specifically about what his See, all we knew when we initially uh, found out about Prophet Yahweh was that he apparently had done something in Las Vegas, which to me looked like it might be. Uh, Apparently the cameraman and the, the reporter on the scene were both very much convinced that there was something very strange was in the sky. Yeah. So then when we found out that he was associating with us, then what we did was we attempted, we, we wanted him to get to answer some questions. He refused to answer our questions. And we published a press release disassociating ourselves from him when we found out that his doctrines included the, the kind of things that they do, which we believe is basically hate. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's hate for all, uh, everybody but the, the people who follow him. Right and we did not want to be associated with that and we did not want people to think that the bible ufo connection or that anybody in the ufo field had anything to do with this man because he if anything he is a he's a pariah in the ufo community
2: um the Bible UFO connection is as old as the Bible itself. There are a lot of ways of when you read the Bible in the year two thousand and five, you can see the uh, what I call the ET connection. You know, when you talk about the nephilim, those who descended from the skies, uh, when you listen to the stories of Ezekiel's wheel, there certainly seems to be uh, an ET connection. What other examples of this connection can you uh, can you give us?
1: uh in the bible yes uh there are a, a number of them the, the uh the close encounters uh are very important uh jesus had a had a number of uh of close encounters just a second what well,
2: while you're looking that up, I'm just going to give our listeners the phone number here if they'd like to give us a call and share their experiences with us at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That is toll free throughout the U.S. and Canada. In fact, I've got an email here uh, from Mary uh, who listens to us in Jacksonville, Florida. She says, "Hi, we have been studying the Bible and." gleaning the metaphysical understandings from the terms recorded in the history of this time period and how it reflects on us now. My question is, do you know anything or have any understanding of what is in store for our world of the physical bodies on, the, on and around the time of 2012?
1: Well, 2012 was a fascinating date. Uh, we don't pin any particular events to any particular dates, but mm-hmm. That seems to be a, a variant, but the physical, the physical body uh, concept, it, uh, it, it, it's, it it's very hard to, de- to describe in just brief terms exactly what the Bible says about the destiny of mankind. But what we believe in uh, in, in a, a, a short phrase is that mankind and the the earth is actually like a very large nursery. For God. It says that God created man in his likeness and in his own image. Jesus stated that we are gods. Right. In the New Testament, the entire gospel of Jesus was about adoption into a family. The family which is described, what we believe is described in the Bible in the very first... Patrick...
2: uh, Hold on to that. I've got to take this commercial break. You and I will be back on the other side of the news and these breaks as the Exome continues on the Talkstar Radio Network.
3: Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website a guiding light spelled l-i-t-e dot com to schedule your consultation today until then i offer you love light and laughter
2: if you enjoy reading a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal then you'll love from out of the woodwork by william s peckham Sean Kennedy, a Toronto contractor, buys derelict houses, guts them and turns them into multi-family dwellings. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, a century house in ruins, and starts the renovation, the house fights back. He is visited by ghosts of owners past. His visions are triggered by touching an oak mantle, reading a faded letter, opening an old locket, or opening a brand new casket in the basement. These visions will take you on a trip across southern Ontario from Niagara Falls to Toronto to Kingston. From Out of the Woodwork is now available in paperback and on your favorite electronic reader. To order your copy of From Out of the Woodwork, go to www.williamspeckham.com. That's www.williamspeckham.com. The following program deals with controversial subjects. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!
0: Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line.
2: Back to the x Patrick Cook is our special guest. His website is www.bibleufo.com. Um, Patrick, thanks very much for being with us. How did you get involved in the UFO field?
1: Well, uh, I've always studied UFOs over the years, as anybody would uh, that was interested in strange phenomenon. But uh, basically, the, uh, the concept came to me when I was studying the Great Pyramid in Egypt and doing some research on it. And a friend of mine pointed out that um, Isaiah 19:19 19, 19 seemed to be describing the Great Pyramid or it, the, the, the way it was located, um, seemed to indicate that that might be the Giza Plateau that it was speaking of. And uh, so I started setting flight in the Bible when I realized I suddenly... the, the probably the most important thing was finding out that the word heaven actually meant sky. And therefore, all of the things that happened in heaven suddenly took on a whole new meaning.
2: Uh, all right, so you took this uh, this interpretation, and how did you relate that, that revelation to the UFO phenomenon?
1: Well, basically, God was appearing in clouds and chariots and... Uh, the God and the, God and the angels were, uh, appearing in clouds and chariots, uh, platforms, vessels, thrones, all kinds of individual, uh, objects in the, uh, described as different objects, and they were described as having flight characteristics, specifically, uh, ascending into the sky, descending to the ground, mm-hmm. and hovering for long periods of time, and then people were seen, uh, coming in and out of these vehicles. So it appeared to me that what we were dealing with, and of course, uh, uh, having read Eric Von Doniken's work, it was fascinating that, that those things appeared, but I wasn't sure that they exactly related to UFOs. But then with, with more careful study, and we have uh, over 1,500 verses that relate not only to the, to the vehicles or what appear to be the vehicles, the flight characteristics of the be- vehicles, but the beings that are in them, and technology that seems to be connected with those those vehicles.
2: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S. and Canada. Patrick Cooks our special guest. His website is www.bibleufo.com. Now, what is the connection between the Bible UFOs and the Great Pyramid in Giza?
1: Well, uh, as you look around the world, now the, the uh, we believe that the same beings that that we see. Uh, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, that we, we see flying gods all over the planet in all kinds of religions, and in those and and, and these amazing structures that we see around the world, the Great Pyramid at Giza is the largest structure on the planet. It's the most perfectly aligned to true north. It is dead flat to within one half of an inch over thirteen acres. The stones are cut to a jeweler's tolerance. Uh, it's an absolutely amazing structure, and um, the, uh, the whole concept uh, that if, if, if we've got a God, it says that he would, uh, uh, let's see, I'll read the exact verse to you here.
2: So are we saying in that...
1: that... Uh, excuse me. Uh, in, in that day there shall be an altar... To the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar at the border thereof to the Lord, and it shall be a sign for a witness unto the Lord of Hosts in the land of Egypt. Now the the interesting point about that verse is that it said it's in the middle of Egypt, mm-hmm. and at the border of Egypt, which seems to be uh, an impossibility. How can it be in the in the middle of Egypt and at the border? Well, what most people and you learn this in 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 basic. Uh, world geography that uh, in in ancient geography that that Egypt has always been divided into lower and upper Egypt and it is still to that day it's still politically there's even a political separation uh, much as there is within the north and the south here in the United States Um, and that border runs right through the Giza plateau so whatever this Thing that that uh, and it's the only thing described that that God built on the planet, and uh, it it would appear that that uh, and now we've got the largest structure, the most perfectly uh, built structure in the world uh, at that location, and there are many. There, we have a whole section on the on the Great Pyramid on the website, but. Uh, uh, around the world we see all these structures with the same incredible uh, the, the monoliths and, and megalithic structures with huge stones uh, throughout the Americas, throughout uh, uh, in, in the north of Africa. Sudan has some incredible structures that look more like uh, ice cream cones than they do pyramids. And, it's, and, and what we believe is that at one time there was a different civilization that dwelt on this planet. Now, this could have been prior to the Flood. We also believe that in Jeremiah that, uh, that there is a previous creation to the creation that we know of in Genesis, that, uh, where there may have been a civilization that existed at that time, and that for some reason they are gone now.
2: Now, last night on the show we had Glenn Kimball, a good friend of mine, and he was talking to us about the Colbrin and how the Colbrin goes in detail and uh, talks about the time before creation.
1: This is what now. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the the it's name. It's called.
2: It's called the Colbrin. K
1: O L B R I N. I'm. Not, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with that work. But anyway, what, uh, what. What. What was it saying?
2: Well, we. Glenn was telling us that in the Colbrin, it describes the time before creation, and how the Colbrin answers a lot of the mysteries or answers a lot of questions that the Bible raises.
1: Well, that's fascinating. Uh, I'll have to check into that. But, see, we see, uh, all we have to do is look at the uh, the archaeological record and the ge- uh, geologic record. We see an entire world prior to ours buried uh, in, in the fossil record. Um, so, obviously, there was something here before. Now, they, mm-hmm. it's amazing that the church, and, and you'll actually hear this within the within the mainstream church, that this is actually a deception of Satan to throw people off and get them to worship evolution and take them away from God. But the record does exist. There is something there. And then we also have what we know as uparts, out-of-place artifacts, Uh, screws in lumps of coal and gold chains in, in limestone deposits and things like that. So there definitely appears in the geologic record, See, we may not be talking about just one creation prior to the creation that we see in Genesis. There may have been many. We don't know how many evolutions this planet has gone through insofar as being destroyed. And what we see, we see the planet here uh, in the beginning of creation, and it is covered with water. It is... It's... it's, it's uh, it, but... There appears to be, within the very first words of creation, in the words tohu and bohu, that there may have been a creation and a destruction and a recreation, just from the translation. That's very complicated, but just from the translation of those words. So we definitely believe that the the geologic record shows it, that there was a, a, a different biosphere than we have on our planet today. So there's definitely something happening. It's undeniable that there was. But what that... What that was before that, we don't know, and we don't really understand what it was like before the flood as well. It, 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 there's a, a, a lot of things in there, but but we don't really have any understanding of what the structure of the world is. And of course, the civilizations that we have here um, on the planet now, that that in their records they go back to. 11, the Egyptians go back to 11,000 B.C. The Mayans go back to 10,000 B.C. All of these things are are um, uh, really sort of throw a monkey wrench into the 6,000-year concept of humanity. What we believe may have happened, now you see two creations of mankind in the Bible. You see him being created, and then you see God specifically creating Adam and putting him in the Garden of Eden. Well, we don't, and, and the record, we're, which places creation at, and this is quite literal in, in, in many churches, at 4004 B.C. And that is on the basis of when Adam started aging, and on the on, on his age, and then the chronology is coming on down. They've, they've calculated that to be 4000 B.C. But the question is, how long was Adam in the garden? He could have been, he named every animal on the planet while he was in there, uh... We don't know how long he was in there. Could man have been created and populating the planet while Adam himself was in the garden? That's one of the one of the, the possibilities. So we may have an extra uh, six thousand years of history that is that is completely ignored by the Christian Church.
2: Well, how about science? How can science ignore it?
1: Well, uh, well science. Science deals in the in the geologic record on the basis of the theory of evolution, mm-hmm. and everything seems it, 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 as a, for instance the ice age is is very important to that concept. But the ice age itself is is melting rapidly in the in the minds of science, and is almost um, it's it's becoming uh, a very questionable theory. Um, they uh, science basically has to deal with primitive man. Now we are not, we, we don't believe that primitive man, it's not that we don't believe, we don't see any solid evidence in the evolutionary record that there was a primitive man. So, uh, what they do is they base it on that, how man progressed. And so they, they relate it, they, they have a very narrow focus on it, and that's the way it is. And they ignore uparts, they ignore, uh, the, the, the concepts It seems that history started about about twelve to fifteen thousand years ago. So, and science science doesn't seem to deal with that. We archaeology is a very staid. Archaeologists teach archaeologists, who teach archaeologists, who teach archaeologists, and and anthropologists. By the same token, they're all taught in a long. There's a long succession of this, and the theories that are involved with these things. Are, are, are taught very strongly. We see a very interesting thing happening right now in the United States, uh, with, uh, not in the United States, in the Americas, in the North and, and, and South American continent, with the publishing of the book 1491 mm-hmm. about the possibility that we may have had. Now, this is absolutely amazing. There's 290 people in the United States right now. It is generally accepted that there were at least 10 million indigenous people at that time, but, the, but it would seem now that there's new theories coming up that would estimate that there could be as many as 200 million people wow. on the North American continent alone, which means an incredible civilization that has been completely ignored by anthropologists and archaeologists alike. So they have a, a they, they have a very strange focus on things, and it's very narrow, and it doesn't allow for any, any any new. Unfortunately, many of the things that are taught in science now have been disproven, or and are not. As a, for instance, the, 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 the theories of Einstein, which are the basis of of, of a, a lot of the theories of, about the cosmos, uh, have never been proven. And yet, those theories are based on other theories, which are based on other theories. So, science has a very narrow focus, and they don't really do—they don't really tell us a lot. They haven't answered a whole lot of our questions. That's—that's that's for sure.
2: So, tell me, where do you think um, mankind came from, and who do you think God actually is?
1: Well, God appears to be the supreme universal power in the universe. Now, we're talking about a physical God. God is described. The God of the Bible is is specifically called Lord God, which means Jehovah the Elohim, right. and this specific God is described. Uh, Daniel saw him, Moses saw him, but John specifically describes him in the Revelation as having white hair, red skin, and glowing eyes, and and and. Whenever you hear about the, whenever God is spoken of, he sees things, he hears things. This God that we see in the Bible, the, the God that's spoken of in the Bible and dealt with man, the one that dealt with man specifically, is the son of a, another being called El. And he, we're not sure exactly about what his existence is, whether he actually has a physical presence. He seems to be an energy force, somewhat like the force that you see in Star Wars. That seems to be the concept about the, uh, about the actual big God, the almighty, the, the, the father of this God, uh, Jehovah, who became Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And then the only time we, the only relationship we actually see with that God, the father, is when he is saying, when he was telling people, witnessing to people that this was his son. And he wanted to make that clear from from clouds, actually, when, when those pronouncements were made.
2: Um, All right, stand by, Patrick. You and I have to take our final break. Uh, Patrick Cook is our very special guest, and it's always nice having you on the show, Patrick. Patrick's website is www.bibleufo.com. When we come back from this commercial break, I'll tell you who's coming on tomorrow. Our, by the way, our special Psychic Tomorrow Night is Angela Laskin, and she was with us a couple of uh, months ago. Our great lady, you're going to have a great time. She's going to be with us from midnight until two o'clock doing psychic readings for one and all. My name is Rob McConnell, this is the Exxon Radio Show coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and our affiliates throughout the U.S. and Canada. Don't go away, I'll be back in four minutes.
3: I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, Then you'll love my novel from out of the woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 livery lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes
2: Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking our special guests tonight, Mick and Sylvie Avery. They were with us for the first uh, hour tonight. We were talking about, oh, let me see. We talked about uh, channeling. We talked about spirituality. We talked about their books, what they're going to be up to. And, uh, of course, Mick uh, channeled uh, Gregory Hay for us, and he gave us a little insight into what's going to be happening in the year 2006. Keith Blanchard, uh, who talks to God and aliens, was with us. Uh, We talked about his new book, The Divine Principle, Anchoring Heaven and Earth. Rondi Hillstrom Davis talked to us about um, together creating family traditions, not only at Christmas, but throughout the rest of the year. And, of course, Patrick Cook, the Oracle Research Institute, talking about the UFO God Connection. On tomorrow night show, we have Zoe Kasher. She's going to be talking about the World Almanac of Facts for 2006. Scorpiana will be back talking about interdimensional paranormal activity and settings. And then our special mystery guest for tomorrow night is Angela Lusk. And we look forward to having you join us here tomorrow night on the x Own heard on the Talk Star Radio Network and our affiliates throughout the U.S., Canada, and the world. Patrick Cook, first of all, thanks very much for joining us tonight, Patrick. To you and yours, a very Merry Christmas and nothing but the very best for the year 2006. It's always a pleasure having you here on the show with us.
3: Well,
1: thank you very much, Ron. Thank, thank you. No
2: <laughs> um, The UFO God Connection. Do you think that we'll ever find the
1: truth out? Well, uh, it looks like everything's coming to a head. Something's got to give on the planet. Uh, So I presume that we're looking at something very much in the the near future Um, because we can't go on the way we're going. Uh, It's getting a little bit too rough out there.
2: Um, I've got a comeback from uh, Mary who asked us a question earlier tonight. And her email is, I was very impressed with what Patrick had to say to my question. We always hear such esoteric terms in our destiny. And as for the timetable, I agree it is hard to pin down to at any time because in the Bible we are told it will come as a thief in the night. In checking out your webpage, I am impressed with your work, especially our connections with the true nature of God and how... All this is hidden from us. I have to spend some more time reading your work. Thank you again. It is greatly appreciated. So there you go, Patrick. We made somebody happy today. That's a very nice compliment. I'll forward a copy of that email to you. Thank you. Patrick, we have to say goodnight for now, but as always, take care of yourself, and we look forward to having you back on the show in the year 2006. And if you hear anything about Prophet Yahweh, let me know.
1: I certainly will do that, Rob.
2: Take care, buddy. YouTube Bible. Good morning, is it were to you? <laughs> That's right. All right, Patrick. Thanks very much. www.bibleufo.com. Well, that brings us to the end of another show here on the ExO Wow, where does the four hours go? I'll be back tomorrow night. We've got let me see. Uh, Zoe Casher talking about the World Almanac Scorpiana, and of course Angela Lusk will be doing psychic readings for one and all from midnight until two a.m. Eastern. To my producer at uh, White Springs, where we have our teleport that takes this show up to two satellites and around the world on Talkstar Radio Network. Corey Y. thanks very much for all your hard work, buddy. To my senior producer and wife, Laura Rogers, thank you for your hard work. And to each and every one of you out there listening to the X-Zone tonight, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day, your night, no matter where you are. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time space continuum to this place that I call the X zone. If you've got a little child at home, give them a hug. Tell them how much you love them because the children of today are the leaders of tomorrow. So until tomorrow night, my friends, always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, one and all.